You're a founder or an entrepreneur. You want to take your company value to 300 million, we gon' show you how to do it. We got the roadmap, the aspirations We'll give you a game plan and strategies It's controlling your company's destiny today By tuning in to Private Capital Mastery Yeah, yeah Let's start the show Welcome back to the Private Capital Mastery Podcast I'm Brian Franco And we are here to unlock the potential To your private capital needs Today, we are joined by my wonderful guest, Pam Jordan. She is the founder and CEO of Pivot Business Group. Pam is a seasoned financial expert known for decoding the underlying messages concealed within your company's numbers. Pam, whose mission aligns with understanding financial intricacies and implementing forward-looking solutions. She's here to guide us through the critical aspects of assessing a company's viability. How you doing, Pam? I'm awesome. How are you doing, Brian? Excellent, excellent. Always having fun with you and on this podcast today. I mean, we've worked together. We've had uh, experiences working with uh, our firm's clients, which became your firm's client. And um, we certainly saw the value that you and your team brought to the table, the ROI that was obviously there once you finish the work and um, we always call it the hide and seek game you are an expert at this game so let's dive into it what do you say let's go let's go so pam could you share a case study right when a company faced challenges due to neglecting their financial health and and how exactly do you diagnose that how do you repair it it's like, I mean, it's, as, I'm, as I'm talking about this, I'm thinking you're, you're like a doctor coming in and taking the vitals of a human being, but you're doing, you're taking those vitals for a business, right? And this is extremely important to those tuning in because as we work to access capital, whether that be debt or equity, the burden of proof is always on the capital raiser, right? So tell us, how do you do yeah. that? How do you approach it? Awesome. So thank you so much for having me. Love to have this conversation and uh, share about money. Um, I believe numbers tell a story and a lot of business owners don't understand the story that their numbers are telling. And I know you understand this in your world because people will come to you ready to raise capital or ready to exit or do an acquisition. And you look at your numbers and you're like, sorry, dude, like it's not, that's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> so what we do is we go in and we do do a diagnostic. We do an analysis of their numbers to figure out, can we even trust what we're looking at? Are the numbers telling a story that align with what the owner thinks is happening in his or her business and does it align with their goals? Because to your point, I talk to business owners every day who think their business is worth one thing and who thinks that they should be in a certain place with their business. But when I look at their numbers, they're not. Um, just last week, I was meeting with um, an entrepreneur. She's seven figures in top line sales. And she said, Pam, you know, I'm, I'm going to do, you know, just over a million in sales this year. But where's the money? It's not in the bank. Right. And she's like, I don't know where my money is. And it's because she doesn't have her financial house in order. And so when she's looking at her financial statements, quite frankly, they're a lie, right? Like they're just not current. They're not accurate. And so she's out and she's actually does want to do an acquisition. Hmm. 
but those numbers, no one's going to give her any money for because the numbers don't look good. The numbers say that she's losing money. And when you look in the bank, there's no money there either. And so she just doesn't, she just didn't know where the money is. And so we did our diagnostic tool and found out where the money's going and what the challenges are. And um, we're able to bring to light, you know, these huge issues that she just didn't even realize because she's talented and doing great things, but she's so heads down focused on sales, marketing, and driving the machine that she hasn't been stopping to pay attention to what the numbers are saying. That's right. That's right. And, and you, you see in a lot of the accounting programs that you know, small to medium-sized businesses use, there's three template reports. Everyone knows where the P&L is. Everyone knows where the balance sheet is. But very few are looking at that statement, uh, statement of cash flow, right? And that's very different than measuring revenue, right, versus measuring cash flow. And, 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 and that's the case study in what you're describing, right? And so that becomes challenging because, as, as I always say, and, and is, it's a famous phrase, but if you can't measure it, you cannot improve it. And if she is that, that platform, in, let's call it platform company that's seeking additional add-on acquisitions, her capital sources are going to need to know that her financial house is in order. She has the right foundation, a strong foundation that could withstand and withhold these add-on acquisition opportunities, which will be tremendous once she gets there. And the work that you're doing with her will get her there. But right now, as and to your point, and to this case study, she's not. And it presents challenges. Um, and for many businesses, you know, there are, there, there's all sorts of challenges depending on which industry you're in, right? But what are some of those challenges that you see entrepreneurs face when they, when they ignore or even misunderstand their financial numbers, right? And, and, and it could be even a case study or, or a different case study, but what are some of those challenges that you see in your clients? Yeah, so there's lots of red flags and challenges and things that keep our clients up late at night um, when they're ignoring their numbers. One great one that I'm seeing a lot is um, surprise tax bills. Um, we just had, you know, the late filing for 22 tax returns. And I've spoken to so many business owners who had what we call a surprise tax bill, right? Their tax preparer says, great job. Congratulations. 22 was a great year. Now go pay the IRS 72 grand. And they're like, what the actual crap? Like I didn't make 72 grand. Where's the money at? It's not in the bank. Show me you the know, money. they look at the Exactly. They looked at the P&L, you know, to try and understand and like, where is it? I don't understand. And so that's a huge thing that we're seeing right now that's bringing a lot of clients in um, because they do not want to be in that surprise position because we do help our clients help do some tax strategy and reduce their tax liabilities. So they're coming to us because they're like, never again am I going to just out of nowhere, know that surprise, congratulations, your business partner, the IRS now gets a big chunk of your money, right? That's so right. that's a huge one that we've seen lately is people ignoring their numbers and then get the surprise tax bill. Yeah. Um, another is the uh, Rob Peter to pay Paul sequence. Um, specific, I see this specifically like in the trades and construction, roofing. We have a lot of clients in that space as well. So, you know, they're taking deposit for this job that's funding the current job. So by the time that they're gonna fulfill on that job, they have to go sell something else, right? And so it's just a matter of mismanaging their cash and not putting money aside and not truly understanding their cost to fulfill mm -hmm. because they're, they say, oh, I, you know, I can do that roof for 
20 grand, it'll be fine. But then they don't account for, you know, various costs, labor increases, shippings through the roof right now, like all of those, mis- those pieces that go into fulfilling on whatever you're selling. And so then they have to go sell the, the neighbor's house just to pay for this house, right, <laughs> to get the supplies for it. And so that's a huge thing that we see by um, business owners not paying attention to numbers is not understanding what it takes to actually fulfill on your project or service. Therefore, you're not charging enough and you're not setting money aside for the next job. So you're always, you know, it's, it's just a continual cycle of I've got to go sell a deal. So I have cash to fulfill on the deal I'm doing right now. Yeah. And, and it's that lack of clarity that really impedes growth and progress in a business because they're always chasing themselves, right? In, in, in the case study you described with a construction business, you know, construction businesses, they're out there, they're selling, they're building up their pipeline. That pipeline turns to actual work in a form of, of their backlog, right? And as they, as they have their progress billing for that backlog, it hits WIP or work in progress and eventually, you know, hits accounts receivable, you know, via an invoice. But there's so much movement in there and in, in, in the typical entrepreneur is thinking, revenues, cash in the bank, right? And they're, and, and they're missing those steps. So that clarity that you're bringing to your clients and entrepreneurs, and even, even in this discussion, is absolutely a nugget. It's a great nugget of uh, information, right? So, so how long does it take for you to go in there into a company that is, right, and, and, and do this diagnostic test or work that you're describing? Yeah, so it typically takes us a week. Um, our specific analysis has three components. We look at the bookkeeping to say, can we trust the numbers? We look at the company as a whole from a financial perspective, from a CFO perspective, to figure out sales cash flow wise. How are you using your money? Do you have cash reserves? Do you understand what your debt load is? All the things that like a C-suite analytical brain would think we run, we we look at those aspects. And then the third is a tax assessment. And we figure out, are you fully utilizing all that's out there to save on taxes? And the answer is always no, because the tax code is significant and it's ever changing. And a lot of it is actually written for the benefit of a business owner, but you have to understand how to play the game. And so our diagnostic tool takes about seven days and we come back with a full report that says bookkeeping wise, here's how you're rated. Here's what we recommend you, you know, fix or change or improve on CFO wise. Here's how you're rated. Here's what we recommend. Here's some low hanging fruit. We think you need to do an expense audit. We need to improve your cash flow, and your pricing looks a little low. You know, we'll do those kind of things. And then from a tax perspective, um, here's three strategies that you can do right now for this current year to save 12 grand in taxes. And then at that point, if there's ongoing services that we can support them with, we give them a proposal and do that. But otherwise the diagnostic tool is enough to run away with and be like, wow, now I know where my, where my company is financially. And it's, it's a tool that you and I have used for a number for some clients to basically let you know, like, are they ready for capital? Are they ready for an exit? Can they survive due diligence? Um, because a lot of times you've seen deals dead in the water strictly over the financials. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so that work that you do is a, essentially a SWOT analysis of, of their financials, right? And you could apply a, a similar, there's similar tools and, and assessment tools out there that can help you identify or conduct a SWOT analysis on other aspects, aspects of your business. 
But this is key because this sets the, the tone and the trajectory of where is the owner or the entrepreneur going to focus their time first, right? Do you prioritize those, those suggestions that, you, that, you, that you're ultimately giving to the client? And, and, and what does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. We do prioritize them. And most of our priorities come based on what the client's goals are specifically. So if you're looking to exit, you're looking to acquire, you're looking to get outside investment money, we're trying to frame the narrative of your company based on that goal. And so we'll prioritize what needs to be fixed first based on what your goals are. So if you have a huge tax bill that you're trying to get out from under, okay, that's a different strategy than, hey, I need to go raise, you know, do a series A and raise $2 million. Okay, well, that's a different approach, right? So our priority is customized for each client based on what their specific goals are and what's the delta from where they are to where they want to get. Yeah. Yeah. We have the same approach with our clients where, you know, we, 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 of course we do the measurements and then we, we architect, you know, what the deal would need to look like to achieve the expectations that are, that are set. Right. And so we call this M2X or made to exit, right. We're reverse engineering the business to get it to the intended destination from either a valuation standpoint or some sort of, you know, transition stand, you know, standpoint, right? So this is this is extremely helpful. And, and in the case in the work that we we've done together, the ROI is tremendous, right? For for every dollar that your firm finds in in the analysis that you do is equivalent, depending on the industry, right? But could be equal to four to 20 times, right? So for every dollar you find that was missing in that, in that uh, 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 financial statement that you're able to go in there and decode, right? That $1 that you find is equivalent to, you know, five, 10, even sometimes $20, right? In, in enterprise value. So the ROI is there and, and it certainly helps the process from a due diligence standpoint, because if we're stumbling over our own numbers in a due diligence process, that, that creates this perspective and perception of risk by the investor or the, the, the capital provider, right? Yeah, 100%. Uh, we recently worked with a client who was doing roll-ups. And so we went in and we did our analysis tool on some of the companies that he was looking at. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the LOI said X amount for the company. And we went in and did our diagnostic tool. And it was actually a much worse situation than they anticipated. The business was not as strong as they had said. Um, their internal bookkeeper had made significant errors, specifically doubling the revenue and neglecting hundreds of thousands in expenses. Mm-hmm. So by the time that the deal went down, our client saved over a million dollars on wow. the purchase price of the deal. Wow. Because like you said, every dollar we find multi- is multiplied by the multiple. So if we find hundred thousand dollars that just reduces the purchase price by half a million from the and correct yeah Yeah. exactly and so and it works the other way as well conversely like how you and i work together that um we've seen where that client thought her profit was x and we came in and were able to find that it was actually x times a lot and then (laughs) that times a multiple of five she's walking away with a much bigger check because she now has real numbers yeah, and, and uh, you know, what gets me- measured gets multiplied. We say this time and time again, right? And this speaks to that. And 
You know, that case study you just referenced, um, we are actually in the process of finalizing the terms of, of the letter of intent today. So we're excited to see that move forward and we're excited to see the value that was added to that transaction um, simply because of the financial housekeeping that your firm does. So we're grateful for that. I know the client is as well. And it's exciting that we could bring this tool to the, the, the listener base and, and to founders, CEOs, and entrepreneurs that are out there. Um, so Pam, let me, let me ask you this. So when you think in the, in the realm of possibilities, right? Mm-hmm. When does a company need a CFO? And, and, you know, for, for their business, whether that's full-time, whether that's fractional, you know, because you're going in there, you're doing this assessment work and you're cleaning up those financials for that moment in time. But how do you, how do you ensure your clients are continuing to keep their financial house in order? And, and, and when does the CFO become important to that business? Sure. So we are, you know, we have a number of fractional CFOs in our firm, and that's actually how I started out as a fractional CFO. So I'm quite biased. I think everybody needs a fractional CFO. Um, day one would be my answer. Um, but if you can't afford a fractional CFO on day one, um, really the answer is at which point you have a true viable business and you need to understand what your numbers are saying. And most entrepreneurs haven't been to business school. They don't have letters after their name. That means that they have been trained how to do analysis on numbers. And there's a point in your business where you can't fake it anymore. Typically, I see it around half million in top line sales. And that's when it's like, okay, I'm not playing anymore. This is actually a viable business. And my numbers matter. My profit matters. The money in the bank, my cash flow, all of these things these things matter and I need someone keeping up with it and looking at it. And that doesn't need to be the entrepreneur because the entrepreneur needs to stay in their zone of genius and they need to have someone on their team that's running the analysis, keeping up with the numbers and updating them and letting them know how's the progress, are we on track? And as a CFO, we bring a forward-looking perspective. So yes, we do a diagnostic tool of what your numbers are, but more importantly, we're like, okay, based on what you say your goals are, and where your numbers are now, this is what it's going to take you to get from point A to point B. Uh, we've got a client who um, wants to exit in eight years. She has a clear plan for that. And so based on where she is and she knows what her number is, we've mapped a plan for her every quarter of what it's going to take for her to get from where she is to where she wants to go. And that's what a CFO does. And then we meet with the client and say, okay, here's the plan. Are we on plan? Are we off plan? You have an opportunity. You want to hire someone. Fantastic. Let's put that in the projection. What does that do to the cash flow? Um, You have an opportunity to purchase a piece of equipment, to do a roll up, blah, 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 whatever it is. That's what your CFO does. That the value is they do the analysis for you put it in black and white, and then you as the business owner can choose which path you want. We're not driving the car. I like to say we're like the co-pilot. We've got the map. You say you want to drive to Disneyland and you're in Oklahoma. Fantastic. I'm going to tell you which exits to take and what highway to get on, right? And if there's a a distraction of the world's largest ball of yarn that you want to go look at, like, okay, I'll do the analysis and tell you, okay, well, it's going to take us an extra three hours out of our way to go do that. Is that still what you want, you know? And that's what a, what a CFO does is maps the, creates the roadmap to get you to where you want to go and then helps you determine, is this still the road you want to be on 
you know, do we need a bypass? Do we need to go around? Do we have an opportunity that we, we didn't anticipate? What does that do to our end destination? Mm -hmm. And I love that illustration because I'll, I'll even, I've even described it as it's, it's, it's a dashboard on a car, right? And you see where your fuel gauge is, you see your speed, you see your RPMs, if it's a gas automobile. And, um, and that feedback to the driver, you know, AKA CEO, right? They need that feedback along their journey. And, and that's exactly what you're doing. And that's specifically what a CFO will do. It informs the driver, the CEO, you know, of, of how they're performing. Because otherwise it's, it's, it's a shot in the dark. And, and you gave some great examples of the pain and the problem that, that founders and, and CEOs uh, and, and entrepreneurs come to, right? So that, that's great. I love that. It's, it's, but it also speaks to this forward-looking um, solution, right? And, and so your strategies that you implement with the client provide them this, this breakthrough, right? So that they can, they can reach that next level in which they ex expect and to, to hit and intend to hit. Um, what other tools are you employing you know, with your, your clients and, and, and what advice do you have for those that are saying, well, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing really good on my own, but, you know, and, and those that are teeter-tottering on the idea of formalizing their financial house, so to speak. Yeah, so as CFOs, I say that we have a big toolbox and we pull out the tool that we need based on the problem that we're trying to fix, right? Um, one of the tools that we have is Profit First, which is a cash flow methodology of how to manage money. Comes from a book called Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Um, there's a number of my team that are certified in this methodology. So we can implement that. And it's a, it's not a tool for everyone, but it's a great tool for a lot of people, specifically entrepreneurs to help them better manage their money. So we use that with a number of our clients and they see huge, huge, you know, huge improvements um, in their cash management from that. Um, other tools that we use, um, you just forecasting tools is a huge one. Because what I find is a lot of entrepreneurs don't have a financial picture of what's coming next. Yeah. And so we do that. We do a lot of forecasting of, okay, what happens in this scenario? What happens in that scenario? And then the other thing that we do is we create a KPI dashboard or a stoplight report or stop, um, you know, EOS calls it, you know, everyone's got different names for it, right. but basically um, for you on a weekly basis to meet with your team, to highlight how we're doing, are we on track, are we off track and have measurable numbers. And some of them are dollar and cents numbers. And some of it is how many sales calls did you have? How many contracts went out? How many proposals went out? What's your current close rate? So it's all a measurable number that we can bring to the table to show the entrepreneur we're on track, everything's good, except for this is a problem. Why have, why has conversion dropped 5%? Yeah. What's going on? Is it the economy? Is our sales team suck? You know, like whatever it is, but that's a huge tool that we use. Cause I find that most entrepreneurs, regardless of size, don't want to look at columns and rows of numbers, right? Like I throw up a PL and a balance sheet and like, they literally yawn. <laughs> but if I throw up a dashboard or a chart or a graph, I can get their attention just a little bit longer and be able to help them understand good, good, bad, need to fix, right? And then they can say, oh, problem, solution, what are my options? And then we as CFOs can come to the table and say, you know, these are three choices, which one do you want? 
You know, that's exactly it. And, and, and I, I love that because, um, you know, charts, I, I'm a I'm a visual individual, so I, I love to see graphs. I love to see infographics and things as such. It just brings the information alive, it, to life, and it gives you this emotional connection with the data that you're receiving, which a lot of times for me personally provokes thought and ideas in, in e even our own firm, but also in our clients. And the art of, you know, of the work that we do as advisors, yes, there is certainly um, processes, there's procedures, there's tools that we use. Um, but the art of the work that we do, Pam, is finding out what measurements are important to that specific business at that particular stage of their business cycle and keeping in mind of what, what their goals are, right? And what their expectations are in terms of, you know, size and timeline and so on and so on and so on. So, you know, the art of the deal, right? Another great book, but it's, um, yeah. there's a lot of great resources out there. You've been a fantastic resource. I hope that, um, you know, folks out that are listening in and tuning in certainly can see the value behind protecting their business by way of having this financial, start off with the financial housekeeping, right? And put those measurements in your place so that you can see how and where you need to continue to grow, improve. And, you know, and sometimes what we even see in, in this, these types of analysis is that it, it, it shows you where you should spend time with in terms of clients or customers. Um, but the, there's some hard decisions too, right? Because sometimes it'll show you that that particular client or customer that you've had or, or you know, just, just earned, maybe they're not the right fit for you from a, from a profitability standpoint, right? And maybe it's taking, you know, uh, opportunity costs away from you and other aspects of your business. So again, this is, this is the art in which, you know, you and I uh, uh, employ in our practices to find out those things. Um, so, but Pam, you know, I really appreciate you and your time here. Any closing remarks, anything that you believe would be just powerful that would, would intended to resonate with anyone listening in today? Any, any, yeah. So I think something powerful for business owners to understand is it's not what you make, it's what you keep. That's great. Because, um, if you're measuring your business by way of just top line revenue, right, it's, it's very deceptive and will continue to be yeah. deceptive to you and to those in the organization. Because if you're, if you're earning a dollar, but it's costing you a dollar 15, you might want to rethink that strategy, right? <laughs> exactly. And so many uh, business owners, the top line is an ego metric, right? Oh, I'm a seven figure company. I'm an eight figure company. Well, that's fantastic. But like, are you actually making money? Cause I've met entrepreneurs who think they're killing it. And then I look under the hood. I'm like, well, do you realize you're going to be out of money in six weeks? Yeah. Right. Like you can be a $10 million firm and be broke. Yeah. Yeah. But all can be solved with the right analysis and the right strategy. And that's where you come in. And, and, and of course there are opportunities in, in every business, in every sector and industry, it's just determining, you know, what, what's the right pathway for that business uh, based on where they're at. And, and, and it could be geography, it could be business cycle. Like we said, it could be industry. So Pam, again, thank you so much for being on the show with us. We really appreciate the time. I'd love to have you back there's so much more you and I could unpack and we could probably spend hours, if not days talking about, you know, financial metrics, performance and, and, and house cleaning, so to speak. 
But thank yeah, you. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and um, Pam, if if anyone wants to reach out to you, what we're going to do is we're going to put some links in, in the show to so that they can find you if they're looking forward, to, looking into, you know, employing an advisor, or bringing on a fractional CFO. I think the tools that you have are fantastic, and will certainly equip folks out there that are looking to make these adjustments in their business for whatever their whatever their purpose is. So again, awesome. thank you, Pam. I appreciate you. Thank you, Brian. Yes, of course. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Private Capital Mastery. I'm Brian Franco. I look forward to spending more time with you next week as we unpack more strategies, more concepts, and more ideas for you and your business. Take care.